0: Welcome to Indie Thinker with Reed Huberman. You're about to make the jump from the dishonest mainstream media into free and independent thought from key thought leaders on the subjects of culture, causes, politics, and faith. On today's episode, just because we need to have that God doesn't make it real. When you remove the Christian God from your life, who washes the blood from your hands? You do. Now you are the redeemer. Now you are the one who's in the throne. You're the one who took the place of God. We will become the ones who say who matters and who doesn't matter. And this is what happens in the 20th century. Welcome to Indie Thinker with Reed Juberman. Thank you for tuning in today. It means a lot that you've taken your time to listen or to watch this show. I know there's a lot of things that you can choose to check out. So it means a lot that you're willing to park here with us for a moment. Today, my guest is Axel Arzola. He's been on the show before. He's a filmmaker in LA and he's an old friend. He's coming on today to discuss his journey away from faith. Today we'll discuss faith, the nature of truth, and how we know what we know. I wanted to bring him on because I have had many conversations like this with others through the years as a Christian, and I wanted you to hear so that it will equip you to have those same kind of conversations. It's my hope you will feel a little more equipped to bravely jump into conversations like these with others who may be struggling with their faith or maybe on the fence. But I think the big takeaway that I tried to communicate over and over again to Axel throughout this conversation is that people throw around a word very often, the word truth, a lot in our society. But it's actually very hard to obtain and it's acquired through multiple means outside of the scientific way of knowing that demands 100% provability to be true. For instance, we know things through our senses, we can even know things through our emotions, we can know things through personal experience and testimony, we can know things through logic, we can know things through deduction. We all like to assume we know things like scientists do, but we don't. The truth is, we assume a lot about so many things on a daily basis, and scientific knowing is very limited anyway. Science can teach you that gravity exists, but it cannot tell you how to live within a world where gravity exists. You need something more than that. I don't know that my goal was truly achieved entirely in our conversation today, and at times I wished I was more assertive, I explained better and pressed some of the issues a little bit further that I brought up. But I have to admit, I've never been in a conversation with an atheist where they said, "You know what? Read You're right, Jesus is real. So I know some of you may be walking away from this. Well, if you didn't accomplish that and all you guys did was disagree and banter back and forth, what did you really accomplish? I think these conversations are very, very helpful to us personally because it helps us think about things from a different perspective. It helps us communicate things more clearly. It can help you deepen your faith. But I'll let you be the judge of all of that as you watch or listen today. So if you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share this with others. I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so deconstruction is kind of the idea that, uh, it, it really, let me be fair. Deconstruction comes from a guy named Derrida, and it's a much broader thing than kind of what plays out in the pop culture. It has to do with linguistics and whether or not you can actually understand Um, the actual thing that's being described by words. So it's much headier than we want to talk about today, but but it's the idea of like subjective truth and relative truth and those kind of things. But a lot of people are using the term deconstruction today to kind of talk about the deconstruction of their faith. Like they've reconsidered Christianity and they no longer believe that it's a viable, uh, critical lens by which to view the world. Um, So when we were talking in our podcast last uh, time, we, after we kind of cut and we're off air and just started having personal conversations, mm-hmm. we started talking about kind of your journey away from faith, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of shocking to me, uh, just because uh, I know you well, I love you, and I, uh, you know, we've kind of walked in those similar circles uh mm-hmm. for for a period of time and then you go to la and you just absolutely screwed all up axel um. <laughs> which is
1: which is not the actual timeline of what it happened i'm joking I, i'm joking yeah and i think it's gonna be really interesting to you when you hear how i got my point of view kind of shifted
0: so let's talk about that. So how did you come from a place where you believe that Christianity was true and then stepped a- away from that? And again, mm-hmm. we'll preface, this, preface this just by saying, you're not some expert um, philosopher, theologian, uh, bookworm that really maybe, I, I, I know you well enough to know that you did some research and some mm-hmm. deep thinking about this. Well, and I
1: did went to a, a private Christian college and I took my theology classes and I yeah. have a minor in theology. So I think to give a little bit of background, born and raised in Cuba, I grew up in the Christian Evangelical Church, one of the largest uh, Christian Evangelical churches in Havana. My mom was an alcoholic. Through faith, she found herself. So I grew up my entire life listening to her story of redemption and change through faith. And since I was four years old, I was, church was like my life. I read all the books. I was the kid that memorized the most verses in my church and I got the big beautiful illustrated Bible when I was like five or six. That was my life, my purpose, my everything. The faith that we practice in Cuba is a version of the faith that you guys practice here in America. Mm-hmm. For me, it was the same because it's the same God, the same Bible, all of that. So. When I'm, I become a teenager, I start interacting with people from America who go to Cuba. I used to translate for people at my church. I was the, the media guy, so I would take all the pictures and do all the videos and like show all of the stuff that we were doing to the, the visitors that were coming from America and Australia and the UK and all of that. And I start interacting with these people and I start realizing, oh, they're Christians, all of that, but they look different, dress different think different, they listen to music that is not Christian, what? (laughs) Like all of that kind of started that seed of maybe things are a little bit wider than what I see here. Yeah. Then I come out of Cuba, come to a Christian college in Tennessee, and things were very different. Like they would play secular music at chapel before they start the service. Uh, For me, it was a mix of like, wow, this is cool, but wow, this is weird. Uh, like I remember, kids putting up their feet on the on the pews, and that to me was like extremely disrespectful. <laughs> wow.
0: And you grew up really fundamentalist,
1: but not. It was just respect. It's just respect. Sure. It, it's different. Then I started all the 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 classes about theology and all that, and I had really good professors. And when we start getting into the actual things that we say that we believe and you put that through the lens of history and you understand how all of those texts were created, Mm -hmm. when, what was the political climate when they were writing that. Once we started seeing all of that, and then I remember we got into this theology class that went really deep into who is God and when you do the Trinity and having God as omniscient, omnipresent, it, it just didn't add up with the stories of the Bible. If you take them as literal text, and that's where it all started. It okay. wasn't going to L.A. And that's what people think, oh, now Axel went to L.A. and now he's not a Christian anymore. So it
0: actually started in Christian college. It actually
1: started when we were having classes and they were breaking down the theology of what we actually believe. Yeah, that doesn't And what all me. the other religions, because that's an interesting thing. It's not just Christianity. When you look at all the religions in the world, they have so many parallels. Sure and so many common threads to those stories that then you realize, wait a minute, this is not the only story that has truth or wisdom or that is valuable to our lives. Mm -hmm. And the way I grew up, Christianity was the only way. Even the Catholic church is the devil in Cuba for Christians. Mm -hmm. And then I come here and no, the Catholic church actually means universal church That's actually, like, the mother of the churches. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, back in Cuba, people think the Pope is the Antichrist. (laughs) I'm not joking. People
0: in Tennessee do too, but yeah. Yeah.
1: So how can... uh, And I remember this. If we have so many denominations with different interpretations of the same Word of God, you're telling me that God inspired these people 2,000 years ago to write all of this and agree... And now we on the 21st century cannot agree and we have our own versions of it, sure. then you have the human element into it. Like if, if you just analyze it like that and, and put common sense to it, then you realize the way entire denominations with millions of members are living are based on the human interpretation of a text that is supposed to be divine, yet this divine entity allows for yep. that confusion. Mm-hmm. That doesn't align with the theology of God being all-powerful and omniscient. Because how could he allow everyone being confused? That just didn't make sense to me. Okay,
0: so let me ask this then, because I think a lot of people will have this question. A lot of people from my world will say, well, maybe you just weren't ever a Christian to begin with. Maybe yeah, you, that's not true. Maybe you because uh, I think we can oversimplify these stories. so so I think it's an important question. I think it's important to hear what you would say to this too, because what we what some people would say is that, well, maybe you just had an intellectual faith and then you came to college and didn't have answers for these questions, so therefore you just threw your your faith out. So what would you say to the person who would say, um, well, you just weren't a Christian to begin with um and and you should have thought about those things. Um, prior to going to Lee University,
1: <laughs> that's actually completely erroneous way of thinking because I just told you my whole background, and I told you that God gave purpose to my life, mm-hmm. and like the the struggle was like I struggled with this for about a year. The problem was that I was a Christian, and I was so invested because I had moments when I was crying because I felt abandoned by my dad, and I felt. God, like, embrace me Mm. and give me that. So I had those experiences, and that's why it was never not real to me. The problem is once my intellect starts to get more educated, then you start thinking. Mm -hmm. And once you really start thinking,
0: it just doesn't add up. So let me just say this, though, and because I have— this is the fascinating thing about this conversation because I have the exact opposite experience of you. Okay, I grew up in and around church, but it wasn't—it wasn't a very prominent part of my household. I would say um, and that sounds strange, like you growing up in Cuba and me growing up in America. But, um, but nonetheless, it wasn't a very prominent part of my my upbringing. We went to church on Sundays many times, uh, almost every Sunday, I would say, but like I said it wasn't like a part of my life it's just something we did on sunday um and then finally at 19 converted to christ i would say i had a phenomenological experience i had a uh what people call a pentecostal experience i experienced god like a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. um that just was so undeniable that it just absolutely wrecked me um and then as i had kind of practical experience i longed for describing my faith more eloquently and more deeply and it caused me to search and go deeper and get answers to the questions that I was looking for and the more I um, the more I asked questions the more satisfying answers I found um, and so I eventually I got my master's degree because I was so hungry to ask these questions and find answers to these questions that i that I've found myself going um, much, much deeper in scholastically than I thought I would and mm-hmm. uh, absolutely changed my life. And um, for the better. And so that pursuit for me only provided um, a fulfilling. Journey of finding answers to those questions that I was looking for. What so were some of
1: those questions?
0: Some of the same same thing. Like, why do we believe that the Bible should be trusted when it was written by a bunch of dudes in a room? Do I mean, like, we say like the Holy Spirit helped? So, them? what was
1: the what was the answer that you found to that?
0: So, what I what I jumped into is I jumped into source criticism. I jumped into history. I jumped into um, kind of contextualism and textualism and looking at the way in which we look at ancient texts and the way in which we approach them. Um, and so a couple of the things that I found is like for instance, we look at Homer uh, the Iliad in the Odyssey. Are you familiar with that story? Yeah. Like yeah, the that Battle that of Troy and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, <clears throat> so we look at that story um, and what we don't do is immediately start asking well how do we know that this actually happened? Or uh, w- w- did Achilles really exist? Is Ajax really a person? Was he really, a sh- could you be that strong or whatever? <laughs> mm-hmm. What we do, not but what we do is we, we, we don't ask those questions initially. What we do is we say, where did these things come from? Where mm-hmm. can we trace it to? Mm-hmm. How many other versions of this story do we have that mm-hmm. we can compare it to? Yeah. And the reality is, is nothing in history compares to the scripture. The, the most ancient text that we have, um, outside of scripture, Uh, that dates around the same period is the Iliad and the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. And there's something like 5,000 other versions, uh, ancient versions of that text, Mm -hmm. and we have Multiplied tens of thousands more ancient texts of scripture that we can compare, mm-hmm. that were written from different places, different parts yeah. of the world, all that stuff. So that kind of textual criticism that you study in your undergraduate, but also a little bit deep, more deeply in your in graduate school, um, that's just one example of yeah. kind of one of the things that got but, me to the place where I said. But the
1: the problem with that example is that we do not believe in Zeus or all the gods from the Greek mm-hmm. theology. We see it as, hey, Homer was a great author. He wrote this story. It yep. doesn't, it doesn't make you not accept homosexual people. Do you see what I mean? Sure. So you, we cannot put. It's, you cannot compare it apples to apples because even if this other text is more accurate, this text is saying that you had a guy who built an ark and then the whole planet yep. got flooded. Yeah, I'm glad you the said that. The whole planet got flooded. And he put every single known animal inside that boat.
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad you said that because it's the preponderance of evidence. Okay, so it's not just one thing. It's the preponderance of evidence in that, okay, so I look at the scripture and I see, okay, we, with great certainty, can look at ancient texts, and then we can compare all of them together to each other and see where there's inaccuracies, where there's differences, and that kind of stuff. And then we can we can come from that uh, from that comparison and say, well, these texts ultimately pretty much cohere one with another, uh, yes. with some so exception. Y-
1: so you can go back and find the source and say, okay, this guy wrote this in this year. He was right. like drinking coffee, and then he wrote this. He wrote that a dude with his family put every single animal right. known in the planet into a boat.
0: This is why I love this conversation. Okay. So preponderance do of we, evidence, what's do that we, means? Do
1: we believe that that literally happened? Yeah. It does. If, if I give you, yes, that text, that guy wrote it like 10,000 years ago. He wrote that down. He wrote down a story. Do you read or remember believe that all the animals could fit in that boat?
0: So are you familiar with the Cambrian explosion? So so when I say preponderance of evidence what I mean is is okay so we've got text criticism on one side but we go beyond that and then we say okay well then let's look at scientific evidence like Cambrian explosion. Okay, and then so what is this Cambrian explosion? So the Cambrian explosion is that there is, um, you can look at rock strata, um, and mm-hmm. this is kind of I'm not a scientist, so uh, mm-hmm. so this is my explanation of this. You can look at rock strata, and then you can see fossilized remains of animals. Okay, mm-hmm. the Cambrian explosion is where you look at one rock strata, and there is an explosion of of species of animals in one strata that are all together instead okay. of being spread out throughout the rock. Which strata. means
1: that at some point in time, there was something that killed all those animals at the same Correct. time okay i agree did noah put dinosaurs in the ark
0: okay so that i we could we could we could have this back and forth but but i think the let's get back to the point point. and the point is is that there's the i believe that I have found overwhelming evidence in multiple different veins of thinking for all of these things that continue to bring me back to the reliability of Scripture. The yes, importance of
1: a, you have found evidence that tells you that this was written. Yeah, I'm not disputing that. That doesn't mean that what was written is The truth.
0: No, 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 it doesn't. But here's the thing is that when we're talking about the truth, now we're talking about a tricky subject because that's an important thing that you just said. So what especially with ancient texts and I I would say that I'm an armchair historian to Mm -hmm. be uh, to not be very charitable to myself because I'm a student of history. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you look at historical things like what we're talking about, so just let's take away the religious uh, belief side of things out. Um, when you look at things from a historical perspective, many times what you don't do is you don't say, um, like, this is going back to what we ta- already talked about. Did Troy even exist? Like, was, was Helen of Troy a real person? You can't, we don't know. The only but thing we you don't, can't, but we don't
1: care. Because we are not saying you must live your life based on what Hector and Achilles did.
0: But the only reason we don't care about Helen of Troy is because there is not a faith tradition surrounded around her. Yeah, but okay. but but you don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. You say, is the faith tradition, is there merit to the faith tradition that we've surrounded around Jesus?
1: I I agree. There is ethical value, moral values. I live my life the same way that I used to live before. I just don't believe. So let me ask you this: yeah. Do
0: you? Because so, I think really what needs to precede a conversation like this, because because we're, we're kind of maybe putting the cart before the horse, is um is do you believe that God exists? Do you believe there is a God? I don't believe there is a God
1: if you're using that term as God as in the Bible. We would have to step back and say. Yeah, let's do that. Define God.
0: Do and, you believe in an all? a knowing, omniscient creator that created the universe as we know it?
1: Not in the personalized way that we think about it as the God of the Bible. I believe there is something beyond us that is so immense and uncomprehendable that I cannot put it in the box of the God of the Bible. And then I also don't believe in heaven and hell. And the only way for your salvation is through Jesus Christ because this god who created the entire universe all the galaxies everything that we know which is probably not even 10 percent of what is out there i believe there is some kind of energy that brought all of that that created us i also believe in in science and evolution and when you look at biology and the way the all the species are connected and all of that there is some thread of a creator there. Yeah. A hundred percent I give you that. And it's because I value that so much, I cannot say, hey, this one book is the only version of the story and we come from this. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite the opposite. I was having a this conversation with a really dear friend of mine who's like someone that I admire so much. And I was telling him, what if we created God, and these stories that we have created, that humans have created for thousands of years, are just our way to explain this unimaginable force that we see in math, in music, in creation, in the planets, in the stars. We cannot comprehend it. So we have done our best to find a way to explain how would a human version of this God act Yep. And that's why you have a creator who who wanted to have a creation and created us to his own image, the same way we are creating robots to our own image, and gave that human parameters and said, okay, you're here in this garden. I'm going to create you this way, but I'm going to put this tree in the middle sure, that sure, you sure. cannot. So do you believe that that's, that happened literally like that in Genesis or do you believe that is a story that kind of illustrates?
0: So let's just talk about that for a second, because um, because this is where the story that we tell ourselves does matter, that that we surround around the idea maybe of a God or the things that we believe and that we whittle down. OK, so now we believe in God, but why do we believe that this Jesus is God? Or why do we even believe that this version of Jesus that was passed down to us is the God that we should believe? Um, <clears throat> And so this is why, because ultimately what happens and, I, and, and I'd and i love to hear you respond or maybe say I'm wrong about this, but ultimately what happens is, is that if you don't have the tradition or the story that surrounds the understanding of reality and truth is eventually what you are practically going to do is you're going to make it up. Um, And this is what Nietzsche essentially said when he said, who will wipe the blood off our hands after we've killed God? You know, in his big God is dead speech, he says, who will wipe the blood from killing God off of our hands? And he did some fantastic things in terms of like predicting, like when we remove God from society, What's going to happen with like the communist revolutions that took place in the 20th century and the bloodshed that took place mm-hmm. as a result of all that all this Which so,
1: is which is terrible and I don't agree with any of that Of, of course, of course,
0: but in but the point of what he's saying is is that many atheists think that Nietzsche was being triumphal and triumphal in his pronouncement God is dead and that's nothing of the of the of the kind what he was actually saying is is that with God dead we don't know what our world looks like because we've believed in a God or maybe even the Christian God for <laughs> so long. Um, and so what he's saying is is that God's job was to watch, especially the Christian God, mm-hmm. his job was to wash the blood off our hands. That's what atonement, the cross, and all that yeah. is, we say is all about. But now with God gone, who does that? Well, here's, so yeah. let me finish real quick. So, and, and I think the implication is this, is that, Axel, when you remove the Christian God from your life, who washes the blood from your hands? You do. So now you are the redeemer. Now you are the one who's in the throne. You're the one who took the place of God. And I think this is almost what Nietzsche is saying, is, is that we will take the place of God if God does not exist. Mm-hmm. And then we will become the arbiters of truth. We will become the ones who say who matters and who doesn't matter. And this mm-hmm. is what happens in the 20th century. Yeah. You got Stalin coming around and saying, Kulaks, you're dead because I need your land. And you have uh, you have Mao Zedong, Coming around and saying, "Okay, we're gonna, uh, you know, we're gonna start killing anybody that disagrees with us. We're gonna develop a red army, and anybody who mm-hmm. doesn't follow this communist regime, you're dead." Uh, eventually, and you have
1: Castro coming into Cuba and absolutely. saying, "Like, uh, church is no more." Just because we need to have that God doesn't make it real.
0: No, for sure. But what I'm saying is that okay, and that and that's, your
1: and that's something that once you see it for what it is, you cannot unsee it. I agree with you, we as humans need someone to wipe the blood and make us better. It's just not true that there is a God who created Adam and Eve and then Satan came and then you need Jesus right, right. Christ. But we're,
0: remember, we're stepping back re- real quick because eventually I think you have to ask these preliminary questions and then mm-hmm. you whittle down and it brings you closer and closer and closer to God. So let me just ask you this. Do you believe that you should be the one responsible of absolving you from your guilt? Or do you believe that there is benefit in the in the Christian belief of a creator God who has the ability to not only absolve you but make you better?
1: There is benefit in that. Just because there is benefit doesn't make it truth. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. Then you have to decide, I'm going to believe in this because it helps me. Mm -hmm. But even if you believe in it, it doesn't make it true. Right. Think about crazy ideas. The earth is flat. There are some people who find comfort in believing that and they're happy. Does it help them feel better about themselves and be happy? Yes. Is the truth. It's just not true.
0: We're right. Okay. So, um, so let me put it to you this way. Yeah. have, you, you probably came across Pascal's wager in uh, in class, or at least heard about him. Have you heard of that?
1: I don't quite remember right now, but okay.
0: So what I'm trying to say is that I don't believe that you, if you don't believe it, it's true, you should act as though it were true. This is not what I'm saying, but I but I am saying if you were to do that, wouldn't we be better off? And then if you make that conclusion and you say yes, if we're better off acting as though Christianity were true rather than it were not true, well then maybe it is true. But, but so hang on before we get there. So Pascal's wager. So he says this. He says, and so and we're and we're, I'm going to do this like among us. So I'm Pascal here, mm-hmm. and he says, all right. So God doesn't exist and you're correct, what do I lose? If God does exist and I am correct, what do you lose? And so the reality is, is okay, so God doesn't exist, I lived my life as though God existed. I lived a good life, tried to do right by my family, tried to love other people, tried to be as compassionate and caring as I could, uh, believed in the beauty of forgiveness and the power of grace and all of these things. And then God doesn't exist. And so I just die and I rot in my grave.
1: You you also feel like a sinner every day of your life and you need redemption. I don't think that's a fair characterization. I mean, maybe you did. Well, I, I felt like that many, many, many times. And... People will be lying if they say they don't feel bad every time they realize they they face their inadequacies in front of I don't want this to step in again, but isn't that a good God. thing? Isn't there it's some a, merit? It's a, it's a good thing as long as you know that there is no ultimate Bible God going to judge you and throw you in hell. It's more of, I need to be better for the now. But and see, look, I do person. want to stop
0: you and just say this. I do want to stop you and just say this. I don't think that. I, I really do believe this is a false characterization. And this is one of the reasons I want to have this conversation. There's a false characterization of Christianity out there that, um, in two ways. This is not what you just said. So let me just say this and then we'll get back to what you said. There's a false characterization that Christianity is faith in the absence of evidence. And that's why I want to have this conversation it, because I don't think that's true at all. But then we need that's to, not biblical faith.
1: We need to then pick what evidence we're talking about. Uh, I, go back to the creation story and like, deconstruct that or like find something. Because I'm not saying throw away the values and the wisdom of all of those stories. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying those stories are not literal. It didn't literally happen that way.
0: But when you have evidence that does—let me say the other thing. The other thing that I was actually going to try to point to is that I don't believe Christians, by and large, don't sin because they are deathly afraid of God sending them to hell. At least that is not my experience. And Mm -hmm. I've been a pastor for 18 years, and I'm sure those people exist. But by and large, people don't want to sin because they believe that it's wrong. And, like, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to really convince me then that that's bad.
1: No, and— The only reason that is bad is because you're determining that that is wrong based on this text that we have all agreed that is the only thing. Because you also have to take, what about people who are homosexuals and they cannot have a relationship with their families because by definition from the Bible, they're sinners and they're going to rot in hell. What about people who just don't agree with thinking that God is the only, and then they cannot live out in a society where that's the whole of it and also if you take the bible by what it says we shouldn't even be here in this building we should be out there praying by a field and just live our entire lives wandering in the awe of the creation and <laughs> worshiping god forever yeah I don't, I don't think that's true what but wait that's what the that's what isn't that what jesus did he didn't have no he didn't have a, he didn't have a house. He didn't create a, a mega church. He was just going around teaching. And if we're supposed to be like him, we would all go around teaching and following different versions of Jesus, because that's what kept happening for thousands of years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I okay. So I think yes and no. I mean, Jesus uh, said that he had no place to lay his head, but he definitely slept somewhere. Uh, but the, but the point is that I th- I think that I am doing what God wants me to do right now. I believe having this conversation with you is redemptive if for no other reason in that it allows me, because I'm not grilling you, you're my friend at the end of the day yeah. and I love you, yeah. um, it, regardless of what you decide to do with your life. Um, obviously, I want one conclusion more so than another because I think it's better, but Because it,
1: it has brought you like satisfaction and purpose. Yeah. To me, it doesn't anymore because My thing is, once I see that it's not the factual truth, am I going to lie to myself? I could do it if it made me happier. I have friends, I have people in my life that we have had this conversation and they get to the conclusion of like, you know what, like I hear what you're saying, I I don't have the answers to explain whether this story is like the legit truth or not, but having God in my life gives me more and I don't lose anything. Yeah. So for your Pascal, the Pascal, wager. the Pascal wager, they're better off. But for me is, what do I lose? I lose control of my life. And I give it to something that I fundamentally don't think that is the actual truth.
0: Yeah, if you don't believe that, then I agree with you, you shouldn't. But so, let me just ask this question. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this goes back maybe to the question of like, kind of the authenticity of it, but I would, I'm i not questioning that. But but I do, I do want to ask you this: um, Do you miss God?
1: I don't. It, which is weird. That first year, I'm telling you, it was very strange because everything that I believe and build my identity around mm-hmm. is now like in the rocks. But then once you come out of that and you realize, hey, you, you're not, you're not just going to hell by just being a person. You have things that you have to work on. And again, I I live the same way. I don't lie, I don't cheat, I try to do my best. I love all all everyone around me. And I'm living a life of trying to be the best version of myself and then mm-hmm. inspire other people. And that's why I do everything that I do. So I didn't lose all the good things that come from that. And I'm grateful that I grew up in that religion because it made me a, an actually good person. Yep. So I agree with all of that. I don't take any of that out. I live as if God existed, except the part of like praying to him and the worshiping and just being consumed in Christian and religion life. That was my job because I felt that my purpose was to serve him. So I worked in the church, I worked for the church, and then I realized it's just not real. Mm -hmm. Then I can't do that anymore. Because if you follow that rhetoric, you, everyone should be a servant of the church. And that's, that, that's unacceptable because then we wouldn't have society. We wouldn't have scientists. We wouldn't have doctors. We wouldn't have entertainers. We wouldn't have creators.
0: Yeah. But see, this is, I mean, we could go down this pathway, but I really don't want to, because it's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but that's not, that's historically not true historically the reason we have art the reason we have scientists i mean scientists exist because they originally believed that they would see order in nature and yeah. where in the heck does that order come from and
1: also the church was the one that was killing all the scientists when they started changing that's not true are you sure that's not true
0: no the church was responsible for uh very few occasions in which they called uh people heretics like uh galileo and uh, and that dude
1: was the one who found out that the sun was the center and we were spinning around. Which well, Copernicus
0: is the- was, but yes, I understand. Yes, but but okay. Um, but again, I think that's a non sequitur because um, Galileo and Copernicus both were Christians, but they, yet they were persecuted by Christians. So um, why? Well, because of of people who were misguided. But it still does not deny the fact that there may be validity. So could
1: me- that be the same people who are misguided now that? very much do not tolerate other people that have different ways of thinking
0: very much yeah and and i would and i would argue that they are um but it doesn't necess it doesn't necessitate uh is this is what i would say to you is it doesn't necessitate the falsification of these things that i think you know and i know are not only valuable but would make our world a better place and then i know what things okay so like the idea of turning the other cheek the idea of if your brother asks for your coat you give him your tunic also yeah but you can do that
1: yeah but those are good teachings. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that he's the creator of the universe and if I don't believe in him, I'm going to hell. That's the only problem that I have with that. It doesn't. But
0: but, but hear me on this. It doesn't. But what I'm saying is is that if you find that, because again, I'm talking at a base level here. Mm -hmm. If you find that the teachings of Christ are indeed the best way in which a person can live their life Then I think if you give the the attention and the care that it deserves to begin to ask the other questions on top of that, did Adam and Eve really exist? Which, by the way, I think they did. But I'll be the first to tell you, I don't care if they did. It doesn't matter. I think there's value in the narrative beyond the literal fulfillment of these things. But
1: it should matter because that's the beginning of everything towards the
0: end. So when you
1: look at the story. See, I don't
0: think it does. What if, what if. It is just an analogy that God was using to talk, a, talk about the pro the pro generation of the human race. So then how home.
1: do you explain the inception of sin? Like that story is the inception of sin.
0: OK, but it doesn't have to be literal to be true, because the one thing that you and I both would agree on, hopefully, is that there is a sin nature in all of us or you could call it. There I is, agree. OK,
1: I agree. There is that nature in all of us. That's why we created that story. It's not because there is a God that created Adam and Eve, and then
0: Satan came okay. and tricked. Let's her. just say you're right. And then we got the. You you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, I totally get it. Let's just say you're right. I would I would say two things to you. Um, so what? And well, doesn't that hang on the second mm-hmm. thing is, is okay? Let's just say that it is, but. The point of the story, the narrative of the story, the the recognition of that nature in humankind is is the real point. So don't miss the point.
1: Yes. And I would never argue that. But then every other religion is also trying to answer those questions and help us deal with that evil nature.
0: Okay, we don't have time to talk about this, but let me just say this because I think this is important to know, because this is something that stuck with me ever since I heard it. is that yes? They are uh, the religions of the world are superficially similar and fundamentally different. So mm, we I would, are. I would disagree with that statement. Well, I would. I would tell they're you they're
1: superficially <laughs> different, and at the core, they're pretty much the same.
0: The I think you're. I think you're confusing uh, the core because they definitely believe that God is a different being than they say. So they. Mm-hmm. Somebody said this kind of tongue in cheek. They. All the religions of the world are the same, except for their view of God, their view of creation, their view of the fall and like their view of all of these fundamental yeah, but things. But at
1: the end of the day, the, the topic that really matters that you brought up is there is an evil thing in us. We need to find a way to
0: tame it. And, I, and All and, the and,
1: other religions have that.
0: Well, here's what I would say is that I, what the reason I'm arguing for this is two reasons is the most important one. One, I think when you take that journey, is that it's ultimately going to, and this is my journey, it's going to point you back to the reality of scripture. Because the one thing you cannot do now is say, well, Jesus is just a good story because we know Jesus was a historical figure. And now we have to start asking ourselves: is the things that he said good when we like it, and then bad when we don't like it, or is it all good and it all true and we, need to, and we need to start accepting some of the things that we would easily discount? And then the second thing is this, and this goes back to a point I tried to make earlier, is that all of us universally are looking for a way to define our life. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking for a way, we're looking for an antidote to, uh, for two things. And we've talked about at least one to, to the malevolence that's inside mm-hmm. of all of us and Mm -hmm. to the tragedy that we experience here in Mm -hmm. this life and i just think to myself if what you have to do is to be as objective as you possibly can to lay out uh, to the best of your ability even if this is in a fast and frugal way Mm -hmm. the different religions of the world the different ideas that we have at our disposal and if we continually find ourselves leaning more to one side as i have and saying well christianity makes sense here and christianity makes sense here and christianity makes sense here yeah it doesn't necessitate that Noah put a bunch of animals on the ark. But if all of those other things are true, then maybe I'm wrong. And that thing with the ark is true. Well, but you
1: have the ark, heaven and hell, Adam and Eve. Like you, you need to like tally up what's true and what's not. And I agree with you. If that helps you live a better life, go for it. Just understand that it's not literally true that you have well i would that say that literally
0: could be true and you're saying that you know that it's not which i don't think you have we, the ability to kn- do we
1: know we know that it's not because we just talk uh, about adam and eve in the noah's ark and talk about all the angels and the battles and get into the Re- the book of Revelations. But see, this is Psalms. why people
0: say that atheists have more faith than Christians, because you are espousing a lot of faith that these things are not true without the evidence to prove that they are not. And I already gave you evidence to so prove we, we that. So have,
1: we have evidence to prove that you don't have the the, the Ark of Noah is impossible. And what do you mean by that? you could not put all the species of every animal. Like, we don't even know other animals that are out there.
0: And so there's no way that they could (laughs) fit into the boat. This is why this conversation is so intriguing to me, but also unfortunate because we can't dig into this. So, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to go down this rabbit trail, but I'm just saying the answers are out there. So a lot of people think to answer that that objection directly um, just to show you that there's that I've thought about this, but also too that there are people who are much better than me who have thought about this, mm-hmm. is that you didn't need to have every single animal. The way evolution works is that there is evolution within a so species. So do you
1: believe in evolution? Of course. Then if you believe in evolution, that completely denies the story of creation of Adam and Eve and no, no. God hand making. Can you go on your church on Sunday and say, Hey guys, God did not handmade men. And blew his spirit into him that did not happen how is that gonna go in your church well I, okay so and if that is not true and that's the beginning of the book and that's the setup for the end of the book
0: well see but you're you're confusing I think without saying what I think and what, what I believe I'm just gonna generally say that I think that you might be confusing a fundamentalist view of Christianity with Christianity because fundamentalists believe everything in the Bible is literal. Not all Christians believe that everything is literal. And just because...
1: And that's why I was saying you have to list out the things that you believe and the things that you don't believe, and then we can have a conversation about that. And I just told you, I don't believe that that is the story of creation I don't believe that Jesus Christ is the only way but for the you to be saved. But the devil's saved. in the details. Because mm-hmm. just
0: because Adam, the Adam and Eve story, in your view, isn't literal, it doesn't mean that the Jesus story isn't literal.
1: No, I'm just telling you what I don't believe. And sure. then we can talk about why I, should I believe that. And you cannot have one without the other. Because the only reason you need Jesus Christ to come into that story is because of the sin that came in with the with Satan over here.
0: I won't say it's the only reason, but I understand what you mean by yeah, that. Yeah,
1: when you look at that story, it's an amazing story. I give you all that credit. It's just not the truth. And because I believe in a creator just like you that is so beyond what we can comprehend, that's why I cannot make it fit in literally in that story. And then when when you don't believe that that is literal, then I can say, I agree with all the moral values, with all the good wisdom. It's one of the best books ever. And I've read the Bibles I read the Bible from cover to cover a couple of times because I grew up in the church and we had to we actually had our plan to do all of that. Yeah. And I've studied it. And I, I give you that. It has amazing wisdom. So do many other ancient texts. We just don't say, hey, yeah, but these think- texts are the literal truth of how we were created and where we are
0: headed and how we should live our lives. Okay. But again, it, this I can say this too, because you're my friend. But again, we keep on coming back to this, uh, to this conclusion, though, is that I think you're being a little dismissive in the way that you're saying all these other religions because you don't know that to be true because uh, you and I both have not studied comparative religion enough to say 100% that these things are all the same. But uh, it, you're making a harsh generalization, I think. That's I've true. studied it enough to know that they are incredibly different in the way that they view things. And, and all I'm saying is is that but I at, think at it's, the end of
1: the day, do they want to be better people and help others?
0: But Yes, but okay, but this is where, um, I mean, I don't know, I'd assume, uh, but uh, but this is, okay, that's fine and good, but it, two things. One, if you don't adopt the narrative, even if you don't like them or think that they're true, but if you don't adopt a specific narrative, ultimately what's going to happen is you're either going to do one of two things, hodgepodge these narratives, or or you're going to make it up as you go along. And I think that's a dangerous thing. And Mm -hmm. I think the reality is this, is this is true of you and me both. We both grew up in a Christian-influenced culture, and the things that we think are just us, the good things that we think are just us and that we came to our own conclusion about are really because we don't understand the impact of growing up in a westernized Christian Mm -hmm. culture has made in us. Mm -hmm. And... Um, This is a total side note, too, um, so forgive me if that kind of takes us off the beaten path, but um, I think we're also recognizing that when we do the kind of deconstructive thing where we just say, well, Christianity is nice, it's good, whatever, you believe that if you want to believe that, Mm -hmm. I think that's caused us to remove the Jenga block of the cornerstone that is the Western world and Western America, for sure. And I think some of the things that we're seeing right in front of us where you can make I mean, I love every single person who espouses this, but the reality is, is there's zero science behind 78 genders. It just doesn't exist. Yeah, I never so, said... No, no, I'm not... But sa- That's
1: not because of...
0: But that's here's the, a here's completely the point. separate... But here's the point. Topic? What I'm what I'm saying is is that we're we're slowly but surely coming to the conclusion as a society that you are that Christianity has no social value for us except on a personal. I ne-
1: I never said it doesn't have social value because okay. the ethics, morals, and values of those stories are amazing and we should follow them. I just told you, they're just not based on a literal truth that you have God creating Adam and Eve and then Jesus Christ, heaven and hell, and you need salvation. That is not true. Now, be an amazing person, help your neighbor, turn the other cheek, all of these other things are human wisdoms that make our society better. Yeah, And I, I, I agree with you 100%. And because I respect this creator as an energy so much, and because I respect the creator in this, whatever it is, so much, and I'm in awe of it, I cannot put it in a story that I fundamentally think is just not the factual truth. Mm-hmm. That story makes its best try to explain all of this human experiences that we have and it does a great job at creating a very stable society because that's that's thanks to okay. that we're yeah, here. Yeah. It's just not
0: true. It's like well, then, the other thing I would say is just this: is that um, because I get all that and that makes sense to me, um, but uh, but there is this this other sense that, as you were saying, I was thinking. I've studied systematic theology. You may have too, and so the systematic way of looking at theology is is that there are certain things that have to be true for these things to work according to the Christian framework. Mm-hmm. So let me just give you the example here. Mm-hmm. So if we say if we just boil Christianity down for, I think, the wrong reasons, uh, maybe because we have an axe to grind or because we're not willing to be objective about it. Um, nonetheless, if we boil Christianity down to just a couple of good precepts or many good precepts, a worldview in which to live your life upon, but it may not necessarily be true, the problem is is that the kind of world that the Christian scripture creates demands that the that some of it be true. For instance... I'll be totally honest with you and tell you i'm not positive that i would believe in jesus if i hadn't had a spiritual experience that absolutely confirmed the scripture for me so and then the scripture goes a little bit for, and hopefully this makes sense the scripture goes a little bit further and says that that born-again experience is the necessity for undermining the original sin that's inside of mankind so it had jesus on the cross has to be true Mm -hmm. if the sin nature is going to be dealt with.
1: Just because you had an experience because of a chemical state in your brain doesn't make Jesus on the the cross truth because there are other people with different religions and and different experiences who have had those radical spiritual experiences and then turned their life around and felt okay. a conviction. Real quick,
0: I just want to make sure that I was clear. Is as, is as, as I appreciate you saying that, and that's why we have friends can talk like this. Mm-hmm. Is I don't think it was a chemical ex- experience, but that's not what I'm saying. It's not just that my spiritual experience gives me some special um, knowledge uh, per se. No, what, it doesn't what I'm give saying... you knowledge.
1: It what you felt in that moment, you, which by the way, what you felt. Where did you feel that and why? Because when you study the brain, you realize that that's what you feel. Are you familiar with people doing ayahuasca trips?
0: Uh, no, but I, but I know kind of where you're going with that. Go,
1: go and research ayahuasca trips. I haven't done it yet. I don't want to mess up with my brain chemistry that way, <laughs> okay. but I have close friends who have done it and they go in their brains because of the chemicals in that moment, they experience things But are things we talking are, about
0: like drugs? Yes. Okay, well, like I was not high when this happened. You were not
1: high by a, like a thing that you took. And I'm not saying you were high. You were in a different chemical state in your brain because everything that we experience happens up here. Okay. Do, I think we we'll agree on that?
0: that. But We'll disagree with that because what I think... What I'm trying to say, anyway, really isn't about the spiritual experience because I know because you could say, well, the Sufi over in the Middle East is going to have a spiritual experience too, and the mm-hmm. Hindu is going to have a spiritual, yeah, okay, which but, they do. So, but what I'm saying though is that we, we, it would take us forever to legitimize all of those things to say whether or not there is reason to believe that they are true. Well, but in, the the, point, in this
1: case, they have done science where they can put chemicals and induce you in that state, yeah, well, where was, where you feel that okay, like you're connected connected to the fabric of the universe. I
0: think they can mimic it, but they cannot replicate it. But nonetheless... We need to take you on a trip. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're going to... But but the point I'm trying to make is just the systemic, the systematic way in which theology works necessitates that some of those stories be true. And what I'm saying is that spiritual experience confirms what scripture says, that um, a new nature... It
1: doesn't. Because that spiritual experience that you had is based on chemicals in your brain and we have science that can put you back into that experience over and over and over again. Then we have to question... Is that experience really because of this? And what if you had been born in India? You would have had some kind of spiritual experience based in another tr- religious tradition Again, just because I've, we're humans.
0: I Maybe. The only thing you can say, you cannot speak with the kind of authority that you're coming at that with. You can say maybe.
1: Maybe 99%. <laughs> Reed, think about this. Think about all the civilizations that we have had in our known history. They all had their religions. And when you think about it, doesn't it make more sense that we all, as humans, share some kind of weird thing that I'm telling you, I don't have the answers and I don't know what it is, and because we all share that and we don't know exactly what it is, we do our best to explain it. Sure, we need that. Yes, from that you have all of these different texts, religions, traditions, experiences, everything that
0: we have done in society. All I'm making is the audacious claim Is that? That
1: you're just saying that yours is the only one that is truth? 100%. (laughs) But isn't it, this is the indie thinker, isn't it more clever to think, hey, we have so many commonalities, there is truth in all of this because we're all human, than to say, all of you guys are wrong. This one that I like is the one that is the only one. And no. there is nothing else that could even come close. Only,
0: see, you're assuming too much there again. Only if uh, I'm making false assumptions based on bad evidence. And what I've tried to okay. communicate throughout what we talked about today is that I think it is provable mm-hmm. that you can consistently bring up objections and... And again, too many to bring up here in this conversation. You can consistently bring up objections and you can look at different schools of thought and Mm -hmm. different ways of viewing things. And you can consistently come up with a pattern that leads you closer and closer to assessing Christianity as a unique and important and truthful religion that that keeps on drawing you closer and closer truthful to scripture. Truthful in what matter. Because truthful all in you're that,
1: using to lead you back to that is the same scripture that we already said that it's not literal and that you have to break down what is literal but, and what is not. Yeah,
0: we're gonna break down here because again, just because it's not literal doesn't mean it's not true.
1: No, you said the more we go down the path of studying the scriptures, the more we realize that it's good, is important, and it's truthful. I'm with you with good, important, valuable, amazing for our society. The moment you say truthful, then I have to say, whoa, hold on a minute. What part of it is the factual truth? Okay,
0: so let's just, we can kind of round out the conversation like this. Again, from a historical perspective, truth is different than you saying I can 100% prove beyond a shadow of a doubt. It is the preponderance of evidence when we talk mm-hmm. about history which means do you have ample evidence to lead you to a faithful conclusion about something not can you 100 prove it okay. not do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you know that you know that you know that we say in yeah. christianity it is where does the evidence likely lead you and i think the most likely conclusion that you draw when you truly look at the evidence in a repeated fashion in different ways is that you come back with the conclusion. That not only the scripture is good, that not only it's one of the premier ways in which you live yeah, your life, yeah. but that it leads you to a truthful conclusion about mm. the world, the way it works, and who God is.
1: No, and that's where I go back to. Just because it's good that you believe that doesn't make it truth.
0: Right, no, I agree 100%. But you just said, it leads you. But it, it doesn't make it you... not true.
1: Yes, it makes it not true because we have evidence to prove Evolution, which completely destroys your creation all Okay, theories. so here's
0: all I would say is that I think so much of what you would base your understanding of what is true and not and true. And that's what
1: I said. You need to list out what are the things that we're yeah. talking about here because- Which we can't. Do we either take the whole fairness. book. Yeah, but you have to take a few because we either we believe the whole book is the thing or we say, hey, that's, that's where it started for me. The moment I can see that some pieces of the book are not factually truth, then we have to question the whole book. But yeah, but see, in a factual basis, because you are saying there is he- and it all matters towards the end. Like the reason we do all of this is so we don't go to hell. Right. But the moment you realize I would
0: say no, by the way, but I but that's you. what
1: Christi- like. When you think about it, if I'm going to do all of these rules and live this life, it's because I don't want to go to hell. No. Because I don't want eternal punishment. No, I don't think so at all. So what do you think it is? Because it's true. So do you think that there is a literal hell where you would spend eternity burning? Do you really believe that that's 100% truth? Yes. I just choose to believe that it's not true. But that's
0: not the way truth works. The way, at least in the, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, you
1: would have to give me evidence to prove Correct. that it's true. And until you prove it, then it's not truth, right? Now, now and again. Because if we talk about electricity, yeah, there are degrees. And you're saying the evidence is pushing me to believe. But wait, bro, the evidence that you're reading is the same book that is telling you that. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, what so I'm saying what is. What evidence f- do you have that there is heaven and hell?
0: Okay, so again, there's degrees. So I can prove to you some things about the scripture. For instance, one of the things you keep on bringing up, I can prove, I can. Prove to you with pretty great certitude that it would have been possible for Noah to build an ark. It would have been possible for Noah to put enough species on that ark, based upon the size of that ark, to proliferate the kind of species that we see now.
1: Scientifically, we know that that's not true. We would have to like link up a documentary or something like that that looks at all the science. It's just not true.
0: Okay, so I'll do that. What I'll do is I'll throw mm-hmm. down a couple of different things down in the uh, show notes. But, but but you you cannot take
1: take me back. Like Noah, let's say Noah did it. I don't think so. Let's say he did it because it's non-consequential to to what happens in the future of the story. Right. What about heaven and hell?
0: Yeah, yeah. okay. So I'll I'll be the first to admit that there are going to be degrees of certitude that what I have, again, tried to explain is that, The degrees of certitude on some things are less than other things, but they consistently lead me back to an overwhelming belief that when I read the scripture, not that everything is literal, because I don't even think that's a dangerous way to read the Bible. So
1: what? And then you have to say,
0: because if I bring you a math book. But the devil's in the details.
1: A math book is so literal, bro. Like, I believe in math because it makes everything work and you can turn it upside down and it still will work. Yeah. Then you, that's the truth. Like, if we're actually going to call the truth like an absolute thing. And even with math, we come out and say, you know, there's probably things that we don't still don't know. We don't say, hey, this is the end of the book. You start here, end here, that's it. In Christianity, you round up the story and there's nothing to add or to take away. And probably, that's something that even with science, which I believe in science because it proves over and over, like we have created this and all the things that we have around us. I keep on
0: thinking Libre when you say I believe in science. But anyway, keep going, keep going.
1: <laughs> But even with science, there are still things that we don't know. And I just choose to believe I don't know all the answers to tell you, hey, this book is the only thing and the
0: only way is through Christ to take you to
1: heaven yep. in the
0: future. Well, I think I've tried to be fair there and just say that... Um, I, I do believe that it is, but I believe that it is because uh, of, again, the preponderance of evidence, because I believe that there is we, enough. We, we,
1: you, you just haven't shown me any evidence that there is heaven and hell. Well,
0: I'm not, I'll be totally honest with you. I'm not trying to convince you. But um, you just
1: said you believe it's true because of the preponderance of evidence, yet you don't present any evidence.
0: No, well, now, hang on. That's not entirely true. Okay. One, it's not fair to do that because we would have to do a whole show about one piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. But I did provide for you, and there is a mountain of evidence to prove a, a, a flood, a, a global flood. I'm talking
1: about heaven and hell. I told you, let's say if you take Noah, the sto- if you take that scene out of the movie, it doesn't change the movie. You cannot take the beginning of the movie, Genesis, and you cannot take the end of the movie, like Jesus and revelations and all that. Yeah, I know gives you And say. that's where the core of things, because at the end of the day, that's what matters how you live your life. It doesn't matter that much with the boat and the animals. And for that, we have talked for a long time and we could keep talking and there's no way to, to actually know the truth. But every other piece of but evidence... But you can have a degree
0: of certitude. That's all I'm saying
1: every other piece of evidence that we have with science and with everything that we have created leads us to understand that that story is a really good explanation of things that we don't even know how they work. And maybe it's a little bit more wise to realize that and say, you know what, we don't really know. Maybe there is something beyond this book that we can see. It's just a very good narrative and it has amazing value but we cannot take it. Because if we did that in humanity, we wouldn't have any of the science advances that we have today. We wouldn't be trying to go anywhere because the book has everything in it. We would just stop there. And is that good?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. But I don't, I don't know. I think that kind of misses the point a little bit just because all I would say to that is that intellectual honesty has makes me... Uh, makes me not I insist is the wrong word but m- I'll just use it because I don't know what else to say mm-hmm. uh, it makes me insist upon being as forthright and as open as I can with what my discovery has led me to Yeah, and and
1: I agree 100% with you on that that's why the more I study it the, m- the more I was seeing different things that made me to believe Reed that was my life bro like no. the, we're not talking like like I grew up as an atheist and I'm fighting you no like that was my life it gave me purpose i had all the experiences that you had and because i was invested in it and trying to learn more about it that's when i realized well there are some things here that just don't hold up yeah and once you see that you cannot unsee it
0: yeah i i I understand i understand that the only thing that i would say is that you may be uh you may be right in some ways about You're you are right in some ways about what we can prove and what we cannot prove, but I think you're wrong in some of the things that you think we cannot prove and that we actually can prove. Uh, And and that's the only thing that I would say for all of us you, me, the Christian, the non-Christian, somebody that's sitting on the fence, whatever is just the the journey is not over. So let's not say um, that that we can conclusively say things, especially on things that we can only have a degree of certitude about. So, Mm -hmm. uh, And then some people would say, well, Reid, I would put it back to you and just say, well, you can't declare to me that Christianity is the only religion then or Christianity is the only truth then, that that is where the evidence has led me. And I think there's value in the conversation because the more we talk about these things and the more that we... Uncover the more we can realize where maybe we were ignorant about something, where maybe we um overlooked something and we were too hasty to come to a conclusion about things, and I'll be the first to admit I do that all the time with christianity and i'm I'm constantly redefining what that means, but that's kind of the beauty um not that I'm redefining christianity but 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 redefining how to understand it and to mm-hmm. get a better grasp of it uh, but that is the beauty of life, I think is that that is the the journey that we're all on is trying mm-hmm. to find a find a way to encapsulate who we are, what it even means, why we're here, and to do so in as logically and consistent way as possible. And I just I guess I would just argue at the end of the day, regardless of if you want to believe the Bible's true or anything like that. I would just argue at the end of the day that I just I keep on coming back. I keep on getting pushed closer and closer and closer to Jesus being God. The Scripture being a reliable, do- reliable document that leads us to living um, the kind of life that that we were created to live. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I think we need to keep asking those questions. Take everything that is good from from the Scriptures and live that out. Yeah. but also leave space for new questions.
0: Yeah, 100%. We're brother Levy, man. Totally fascinating conversation. I love yes. talking about this stuff. And uh, I'm lo- I am love that we can share this with other people because mm-hmm. the reality is is that uh, most people are probably afraid to have these kind of conversations with friends, but I think deep down they want to. They want to just pick people's brains, see where they're coming from and all that stuff. And so I hope this was, was meaningful uh, for people that were watching. And... Um, all uh, right, Kiro, to, enough about you just to figure out what, kind of what's going on with you, what you're thinking, and where you're coming from as far as all that stuff is concerned. So I appreciate you, man, I'm glad that we can have a friendly conversation today. Yeah.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, dude, so let's do this because uh, I know you're constantly making films. You're uh, doing different stuff. So how can people connect with you, watch your stuff, and mm-hmm. see kind of what projects you'll be working on or are working on?
1: Yeah, the best way is to search Axel Arzola. On any of your favorite platform, I will show up there, and I'm very active on social media, especially on, on YouTube. And I do have a, a film that just came out on Apple TV a few months ago called Literary Inc. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if people can check that out, that'll be amazing. They can see a little bit of my work and hopefully share it with other people.
0: And Literary Ink's a cool story. It's a kind of like a, about the I underground's the wrong word, but like the underground Harry Potter tattoo culture. Yes, um, and and they have like conventions with this kind of stuff don't yes, they
1: yes they do and we follow this amazing artist and it mix up their life and their craft and how they do their art mixed with you know personal stories and
0: problems that we all have so dude there's a people movie. love Harry Potter yeah, I've never cool. quite understood it but uh, but I, I know you you're a great filmmaker so I can, I can imagine that, that that documentary is going to be totally totally awesome so thanks. people need to go check that out well bro thanks for being on today you're and welcome, uh, look man. forward to a conversation in the future yeah. Let's do it. see you everybody our thanks again to our guests for being on the show today Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman was brought to you by our sponsors if you like what you heard today please do us a big favor and give it a five star review and like it and share it with friends And if you want to hear more awesome guests, make sure to check out past episodes. IndieThinker is a nonprofit paid for by our sponsors and the generous gifts of people like you. In order to hear more great guests like you did today, please consider giving a tax-deductible gift by going to IndieThinker.org. And just remember, your voice matters, but infinitely more when you think for yourself.